Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in, one and all, to the Pro Football Show for this Wednesday, March 4th. I was getting ready to say February 4th. We're we're in March. Where has this winter or headed towards spring gone? We've got a lot to get to today. Um, I say a lot. We've got a few things. Certainly want to get into some of the latest free agent talks. That's what's kind of... The strategy, what people are thinking, we've got uh, a few of that. We've got really good, well, a detailed question to Kevin, who wants to talk about <clears throat> the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston, so we're going to get into that as well. Reminder that we're here every day, five days a week. Spread the word. Sign up for this podcast by going to Landry Football's conference call. you get this podcast as well as um, – a college podcast each and every day. So sign up for that and um, check out LandryFootball.com. That's where you're going to get more detailed information, inside information, analysis, film room breakdowns, free agent boards, uh, grades by position in the league, um, draft boards, scouting reports. Got all that coming for you over at <clears throat> LandryFootball.com. More detail than we can get to uh, here on the show. You got a question? Go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, and uh, send it to me, and I will address it just like Kevin did uh, today. Um, and if you've uh, – we're really excited about adding um, coming up here. Looks like the start of next month, an <clears throat> another fine partner to this program as we're growing and hoping that you're spreading the word, and we thank you for that. Uh, if you are interested in promoting your business, we're looking for good fits. And if you feel you're a good fit uh, and you want to promote your business, we can absolutely do that. And you can do that by going to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris. And uh, TJ will get in touch with you and uh, see if we can't make that happen. Just like the folks at 401k Generation did, Eddie Rojas and his fine team of financial professionals, licensed in all 50 states. Any questions on money management, investments, just want to speak with someone to make sure you're on the right track, the right goals, 
they're the ones you want to reach out to today. They are the experts in financial planning. You know, the market's been a little bit rough go lately. How do you deal with it? How do you look at it? How do you <clears throat> prepare for your future? You know, we I always stress this. You get a medical checkup, get a financial checkup. Make sure that you get a good opinion. Maybe you've got somebody good that you like, that you trust. That's great. Maybe get a second opinion and make sure that you're on the right track. I think all those things are really important. And so uh, understand that and approach it that way, and I think you're better off. So check them out today. They're licensed in all 50 states, as I remember, as I mentioned, and they can be reached by phone or text at 1-866-998-5879 and tell them that we sent you. So we're going to hear this almost daily, and I almost hate to discuss it, but it's on your mind. I get the questions. I get the feedback. I get the interest, and it will be the biggest free agent story in the NFL since old Peyton did his tour. Where is he going to go? The Tom Brady saga, saga, what did he or did he not say at the basketball game, Syracuse, North Carolina basketball game, and he's coming back, he's not coming back? Look, <clears throat> let me let me just say this. There is a reason why there's news every day because we're in a news cycle where we're trying to create a news story when there you try to advance something when there's nothing to advance. We know Tom Brady's going to play. He's either going to be back with the Patriots or he's not. I mean, I know that's – but I, I can tell you that he and his folks definitely want <clears throat> to put it out there that other teams are interested, which I think there's legitimate interest, that that there's looking at it, that other people are making a hard run at him, and he's considering team A, B, C, and X, Y, Z, and – or it's real a possibility, or, you know, you Patriots fan, you think that he is not going to go anywhere, you know, I, this, he will, he could, he might. It, it's all part of that. It's all part of what do we need to do to create a little bit of a storyline that basically suggests that he might go somewhere. And, folks, he might. I don't know what he's going to do because I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. Okay, here's where we're at. The Patriots have not sat down and had the formal discussion about what would work, <clears throat> what's their plan. Does Brady want to be back? How much, how much comfort level will he have in what they're doing in New England and what they can put around him? Um. How much do the Patriots feel like they can do that by putting a huge outlay of cap capital in a one- or two-year deal for Brady? All legitimate questions that they've got to answer. And I think they'll get to it in the due time. And you think, well, I better hurry up. Those things are going to be handled. Now, are there teams that would be interested in Brady? I would think they are. I don't know if they're exactly the teams that we're hearing about. Probably. Maybe even a couple we're not hearing about. But I think the more it's out there, 
the more it starts to swell in the fan base. And it, it, I think Brady and his agent, Donier, are aware of the fact that the more that gets out there, the more Jonathan and Robert Kraft get you know, a little bit nervous about maybe letting him go and, and, and trying to maybe look at creative ways to, you know, you know the Patriots have always been creative and, you know, it's not legal for Bob Kraft to offer him anything concrete, but there's enough of a relationship to say, look, I'll take care of you after you retire. Brady, I don't think money's ever going to be the issue with him. His wife makes more money than he does. But anything that, that he would like to do with his name, Tom Brady, he could do. And I think Robert Kraft certainly could be someone that could be involved in financing it or, you know, down the road. I think all those things are going to be at least discussed in terms of the future because we're talking nearing the end of the Brady career. But I'm telling you that there's a reason why this stuff is being leaked, and it's to create a, you know, an environment of all oh, the interest. You better, you better look at it. It just becomes, builds a momentum to where there's a little bit Outside pressure, maybe with the owner, I don't think it's going to affect Bill Belichick, but the owner to, to maybe we need to do this or do that. Maybe, you know, the owner having influence to tell Belichick I'd like this. Now, what is Robert Kraft going to do? Is he going to tell Belichick Brady stays and that's that? Does he run the risk of just really getting crossways with Bill Belichick? I mean, we all know that Bill Belichick's got more life in his coaching career, assuming he wants it, than Brady has in his playing career. At least I would think so. So the future is more with Belichick than it is with Brady. Now, you could say the past has been as much with both as any, but interesting. So the latest rumor today is that um, it's San Francisco. And I don't see the Niners moving away from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but let me just say this. Let's just play it from this standpoint. They think they're good. Now, the Niners have a lot of work to do to keep a lot of guys. So people are thinking, oh, man, they're a Super Bowl team. Boom, you put Brady, automatic. Well, they got a lot more work to do around offensive line, keep that defense together. They're not going to look the same next year. Heck, they may not even be the favorites in their division next year. So it's not a given, but they're still good. Let's just make a case. Okay, the Niners, internally, they're not happy with Garoppolo. Now, the way the contract is structured, um, he could come off the books and clear $22.5 million cap space. They could do it. Are they giving up on Garoppolo? Why would they? I mean, the guy has done a good job. He's growing, and they still need to find their quarterback of the future in San Francisco because Brady's not the future. I don't know that that makes any sense at all. I don't know that Indianapolis – 
could make a difference for Indianapolis short term, and it could be something as the Colts go forward and find their young quarterback. Maybe it's Phillip Rivers. If you're interested in Phillip Rivers, why not at least see if Tom Brady's interested because we're dealing with quarterback, (coughs) pardon me, that's going to play two more years. So let's see where the numbers are. I think the Colts could be players. Tennessee, you know, I don't know that I wouldn't with the way Tannehill played. I think there's more of a future there. Um, so I guess what I'm saying, I don't have the answers for you where he's going. I have felt that he's probably going to be in New England. I would still say there's a better chance than not that he'll end up in New England. And the reason is it is real easy to talk about where he could go. It's real fun to have everybody courting you and everybody wanting you, but to pick up and go and go into a new organization is a challenge. But maybe that's what Brady wants. I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of that I want to do it without Belichick, and maybe there's that – you know, respect, yes, but ego, that would make – maybe there's a little bit of both that would like to be apart from one another for a little while to see how it goes. I don't know. I, I just know that there's the the interest level about whether a team's interested in how much is really coming out there from the Brady end. And while I'm not saying that – there's not truth to it. I think that they like that fact that it's out there. The Broncos acquired A.J. Boye today from the Jaguars in exchange for a 2020 fourth-round pick. It's coming April's tryout. It won't become official to the start of the new league year, which is March 18th. Um, they've been looking to explore some options with him. He's due a large 13-point fee. $4 million hit this year. Um, <clears throat> the Broncos are looking for an extension. And again, it's not a done deal and can't be a done deal to the 18th. So you can agree to it, but it's different because you can agree to it and you can change your mind and there's nothing official to it goes into the league office and it can't go into the league office until the 18th of March. Whereas if you make a deal and you send it into the league office and you, you know, unless it's a not passing the physical issue, you're pretty much stuck with the decision that you made. That's not the case now. So we'll see how that plays out. The Dolphins have some interest in Devin McCourty. I don't know uh, how much of a run, how much they're willing to throw at him. But Brian Flores coached him. Obviously very familiar with him. He's 32 years old. I don't know that he wants to go into a rebuilding situation in Miami. It doesn't really fit what Miami's been doing. I mean, they've been getting rid of young players, you know. So um, they definitely don't want aging guys. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but there's some interest. They're likely going to pursue Joe Thune, one of the better guards in the league. Um, He obviously of New England. So you've got the connection. You see that Brian Flores has – a lot of influence in what they're doing personnel-wise, who they keep, who they let go, and obviously who they pursue. Logan Ryan is another one that they're going to look strong at, one of the better corners 
29-year-old from New England. So all those connections there that Brian has on both sides of the ball they're looking at. Um, the Jags, uh, in addition to some of the other moves, they would uh, like to move their left guard, Andrew Norwell, and the center, Brandon Linder. But they're going to release them. They're basically kind of let it out there that they're going to um, put them out on the market just to see if they can't get something for them. But they're nothing more than a late-round pick if at all. I think they're going to have to release them. It would create $5.5 million of cap space, leave <clears throat> $9 million of dead money. 29 years old, Linder can uh, – was I thought was solid last year, but they're trying to go a little younger. Um, the Broncos, by the way, if they go through with Bouye, they still would like to sign Chris Harris – for the right price, but he's on the wrong side of 30. And this is insurance and um, something they can fall back on. The Jags have interest in trading Nick Foles. It's not going to happen. There, He's got a large cap number, $15.1 million. Uh, and moving him would trigger an 18 18- million cap charge. So they're not going to be able to move him. They're kind of stuck with him, and they're kind of regretting it. And this Jags team is really in a rebuild mode, even though it's the same regime minus Tom Coughlin. So it's kind of interesting how they're playing this. The Bills are looking to extend left tackle Deion Dawkins, 63rd overall pick in the 17 draft. It's proven to be – uh, you know, a really solid left tackle. He's not missed a game. He's 26. He's not great, but he's really solid. Speaking of the Bills, not a certainty, I'm told, that Frank Gore returns. Um, no real buzz about a new contract, um, considering retirement. Um, but, you know, I mean, the guy is just going to be 37 years old in, like in May. What a wonder this guy's been. He averaged 3.9 yards per carry over the past five seasons. And, I, and I'm telling you, the guy can still play. And I don't know that he wants to do this for this, but I, I, I don't care who I'm with. I'd love to have this guy on a one-year deal. <coughs> Free agent Matt Judon is a candidate to be franchise tagged and then traded by the Ravens. We know that's what's happening in a few places. Uh, it's also happening with uh, Yannick Nindakwe. You know, he doesn't want to be with the Jags. The Jags are not going to let him walk out of the door. Well, what do you do? You put the tag on him and trade him. And the first option is to try to convince him to stay in a long-term deal. But you've got to make sure that you're protecting him. You can't let him walk. You can't let him get out the door. Free agent defensive end Chris Smith will visit the Panthers on Tuesday. He's a street free agent, so he can visit. It's different than a free agent whose contract is up start of the league year. Uh, the Chargers and Travis Benjamin have mutually agreed to part ways. It'll take on $1.5 million in dead cap space for voiding the final year of Benjamin's contract. Um, his plays regressed over the last few years. Um, the Giants, let's see, they exercise Alex Tanney's 
team option, non-guaranteed salary of 950k. Um, the Broncos are doing their due diligence on some running backs. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Jordan Howard and Melvin Gordon and Carlos Hyde. Um, certainly in the draft, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers and Keyshawn Vaughn and A.J. Dillon. Um, you had Royce Freeman was drafted in the 18 draft. Um, he rolled diminished a little bit. Uh, Philip Lindsay, but they're looking to add a back. Um, free agent. Offensive lineman Jeremiah Jeremiah Searles announced his retirement after five seasons. Um, He was out of the league last year after getting cut by the Bills in July. Uh, The young guy out of Nebraska had 42 career games, Chargers, Vikings, and the Bills. Some other news around the league. Um, The Ravens and Lamar Jackson are – working especially hard on getting the ball out on time better, getting out a lot quicker. He improved a lot as a passer from his rookie season. But there's still a lot of work to do. And if you look at the fact that he's a dynamic playmaker, one, but that he also needs to do a better job of getting the ball into the hands of playmakers quicker, it's an area he needs to improve upon. So I think they're going to add – another weapon this offseason, and going to work hard on fixing that. Um, the Bills are excited about the future with Matt Milano. Uh, they feel he can kind of be a, a, a core guy they can build around. He's headed into final year of his rookie deal. He's a deal. He's been an every-down player, uh, really good linebacker. Uh, he's just more disruptive in 18 than 19, but a really good player. The Raiders are – <clears throat> making a concerted effort try to get Josh Jacobs more involved in the passing game next year. Did not do a lot in the passing game. Didn't do hardly anything. Um, they did re-sign Jalen Richard. Um, they need to they need to make sure that that they get Josh Jacobs more involved in the passing game, and that's what they're making a concerted effort to do. Uh, the Redskins in their running back situation, uh, if they can get Darius guys healthy and staying in shape, along with Adrian Peterson, another freak of nature, and then Bryce Love, they like the role that all three have. Um, before Ron had Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, that's, they've used multiple backs. Now, Geis was explosive in his five-game trial run last year. But he's had multiple knee injuries to both legs. So you just don't know about his future. But when he has been healthy, he's been impressive. Chris Thomas, unlikely return in free agency. It's going to be Geis' year to prove. But, you know, you've got Peterson that he can't go on forever, although it appears like he will. And Geis, I mean, you're looking at that as a critical year to determine what these backs can be and who can step up, or else they've got to figure some things out going forward. And I want to get to, finally, with uh, Kevin. Kevin asked a question about um, Jameis Winston. He says, I understand you think the Bucks should move on from Jameis Winston. 
I haven't said that. What I've said, Kevin, is I've not been a guy that's been a big fan of Jameis Winston. I wouldn't have taken to be, to taken him to begin with, uh, but that's just me. Um, but let's get to your question. He, he says um, that I acknowledge the situation in simple because the general manager's attachments to Winston, if there are no clear alternatives. Kevin says, my issue is that there were other major issues with the Bucks that didn't help the cause. And I'm going to address them. But, Kevin, let me – all these issues that you bring out, and I'm going to read them, these are all things that I've addressed before. Um, I don't know, and maybe other people have. I haven't said that the Bucks' problems are all because of Jameis Winston. They're not. But you're not – Right now, you have to make a decision on Jameis Winston. And the decision is you're going to franchise tag him, you're going to sign him, or you're going to let him go. You're going to keep him somehow, some way, or you're going to let him go. You've got to evaluate the player. And I think you're maybe taking it as that it's all Jameis's fault. It's not, and he's contributed to it, but there are other issues. So let's get to your points. He says, honestly, with the Bucks roster is 7-9 that much of a disappointment, which team should they have beat? Possibly the Carolina game in London, but that's the only game in my opinion. Well, you could say that. You can look at Atlanta and Carolina's situation. Um, you can make the case that they have underachieved in a lot of areas. I think their team, you're correct, it's not that good. One of the reasons why, though, is the quarterback play is substandard, but the play around them is also substandard. Do you think this offensive line was good enough for what the Bucks are trying to do? I think the Bucks' offensive line is not their strength, and it is a problem, and it has been. But I think better quarterback play and getting the ball out quicker would help that. But so, no, the offensive line is not good enough for what they try to do with all their deep shots. The Bucks talking about your yards per rush uh, and couldn't protect leads. Well, they can't protect leads because they can't run the football you're correct and they keep turning the football over so look you've got a couple things you have to do you have to run the football with the leads you've got to play good defense but you can't turn the football over so look um <clears throat> the bottom line is this Jameis Winston is not the only problem it's really not even the biggest problem that they have but that's not why you keep them or don't keep them I think the biggest thing is what do you need to do, what can you do to improve yourself? And I don't know that there's that answer out there. But they have to make a decision. Here's the bottom line. Jameis Winston is a guy that doesn't make good decisions, and he forces the football, and he has not gotten any better since he's been a rookie. He hasn't. Okay? He still can make big plays, and he still makes dumb mistakes. At this stage, to make this many mistakes – um, is concerning. He hasn't gotten better. And he's played with some really good quarterback coaches. And the one guy, the, the big concern is Bruce Arians, who's coaching him, who is the most quarterback-friendly coach and has gotten the most out of anybody, including backup caliber quarterbacks, just is completely fed up with them because you don't feel that the guy – can correct those mistakes or has been unable to do it. 
So, look, you talk about most passing attempts in the league. They have to force the football because they're behind. They don't run the football well. They, they, they're not doing things well. The, the best way I would describe it is a lot of what they've done around him hasn't helped Jameis Winston. Jameis is a mistake-prone quarterback, always has been, likely always will be. And putting yourself in a situation where, be, where you're behind is only going to, you know, accentuate that, perpetuate that. It's like, you know, putting alcohol in front of a drunk. I mean, he just, it's, it's a bad scenario. You, you know, the whole, well, he had 33 touchdowns and 30 picks. That ain't good enough. Okay, you can't. The reason why he's throwing the football in the northern amount, yes, he can make plays. You can't throw that many picks under any circumstance. That's bad decision-making, bad throws. Um, you know, you mentioned the defense. Secondary wasn't good, deficient running game. True. This is if you're evaluating the team, it's not, well, this team's really good and Jameis is holding them back. No, they are not very good. They don't have a good secondary. They don't have a good enough running game. <clears throat> There's no question about that. <clears throat> the turnovers kill them, though. They won four in a row down the stretch. They had injuries. A lot of people have injuries. They had injuries. It affected them. So, look, you, know, you miss field goals. You talk about that. All that's true. But you're evaluating the team. You got to evaluate the quarterback. They're not deciding on the team. They're going forward with the team. They're in agreement. They got to fix all those areas. Okay, you're you're kind of kind of missing the whole point. This is not a let's jump on Jameis and blame him for all the problems with the Bucks. That's not accurate. Certainly not something that I felt. I think they got other issues, and I don't think they've been very good, and I don't think they've developed their team well. You're talking about um, a lot of what happened this season. This is one season. But Jameis hasn't improved since he's been in the league. It's, it's statistically maybe not all his mistakes, but his decision-making in the same thing over and over and over and over again, it's not that he's making different mistakes. He's making the same mistakes over again. So, yes, if you put a better team around him and you just took the ball out of his hands and, you know, he didn't throw the football nearly as much, absolutely the the mistakes, the turnovers would go down. But with the decision-making percentage-wise, <clears throat> making good decisions on where to go with the football, would that improve? Look, I've always felt that with Jameis Winston, even though I wasn't a big fan of him because of his decision-making and his mistakes, I always felt the best way I would work with him would be, <coughs> excuse me, you got to have a great offensive line because he can't run. you got to have a great running game and you got to have good outlets. You've got to force him to go to the easy check-down route. Okay, because he is naturally inclined 
to want to go for the kill shot. And he throws the football to bad places too often. Now, does he do that because he does that on bad reads? Yes. Does it? Does he do it more because he's behind and he's kind of forced to put it? Yes. It's the same theory that Philip Rivers has when he throws a ton of interceptions. It's the same problem. The difference is, is Philip Rivers has been more consistent and at times has protected the football and has made good decisions with the football. When he's been behind and they've had to force the football, he hasn't been as good protecting. But it's also why Philip Rivers is, you know, not great either. He's really, really good and not to the level. I think Jameis can get better. I always think you can get better. But at this point, I'm not quite sure when, where, or how. Um, I, you know, thought that probably the Bucks would bring him back for another year under Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians has had such good success with quarterbacks. The fact that Bruce Arians doesn't want him back speaks volumes. And I can't really speak to that because I'm not coaching Jameis every day, but I do know Bruce Arians. I do know how he coaches, and I do know how quarterback-friendly he is. And everything Bruce said this year was, you know, he took up. It was always somebody else's fault other than Jameis because he was protecting him. That's part of what he does. But behind the scenes, he knows that he's, I would say, pulling his hair out. That's a cheap joke because Bruce doesn't have any hair. He's he's just flabbergasted. And I don't want to divulge things, but, but the, the private conversations, but he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't know what to do with them. He, he, you know, he, he, Jameis has not gotten better. And the things that he's been taught, he's not gotten better. That's not saying that it's all his fault, and I never said that. Um, and, and so these these other factors you're talking about, you're talking about team things. You're talking about, well, who's the blame for the Bucks problems, and you're maybe trying to assume that everybody's thinking it's Jameis' issues. They're not going to be very good without Jameis. I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater makes this team any more of a threat than Jameis would. It'll look different, but I don't know that they're that much better. They'll they'll be different, not make as many mistakes, but they certainly won't make the plays, big plays. Look, let me just say this. There is a you cannot win in this league throwing that many interceptions. You you've heard me say it. If you haven't, I'll say it again. It takes seven explosive plays to make up for one mistake. You got to have six big time completions of 20 yards or more to make up for one interception. So the 33 to 30, you think, "Oh man, that's good. But 30 interceptions, but 33 uh, touchdowns. No, no, no. That's not good. That's not good at all. 30 will kill you, kill you all the time. It killed Peyton Manning when he was a rookie, but Peyton Manning got better. Jameis is not getting better. Why is he not getting better? They've changed coaches. They've done, they haven't done a good job with him. And you put him on a really good team, and he doesn't have to throw the football as much, 
his stats are going to be better. But is he going to be better making the decisions? That's the issue. That's all that matters. That's the only thing that's at issue here, Kevin, is they have to decide not just whether they keep Jameis or not, but what are they going to do at quarterback? What are the other options? Do they believe that Jameis can do it? Look, they are no longer on the rookie deal. They have to pay him uh, a decent amount of money to keep him or decide to move on and pay somebody else a decent amount of money because it costs a decent amount of money to have a starting quarterback in the league. It's as simple as that. And I don't know what they have decided. I I can tell you, I think I'm pretty comfortable in saying what I know is that they have some other options that they'd like better, but they don't know if they can get them. And that is ultimately going to determine it. Basically, Jameis is the fallback plan. That's what I felt all along. Now, there's some conversations ahead that led me to believe that they're not even that high on them as a fallback plan. Now, again, we'll find out what they're going to do. But your points are well taken about this not being all Jameis's fault. It's not. But that doesn't have anything to do with you still have to evaluate the quarterback and how has he done. So if you're looking at it one season, you can say, well, last year they were still, they were really bad on the offensive line and they were even worse on defense. All that's true. Okay? and But you have to evaluate the player. And you have to be able to look at things and be able to study film and understand that he's not doing what he's supposed to do. And he's not doing the right things. It's not that because he's not doing that, that that's the reason why they're 7-9. and nine. I don't think they're any better than that. But he can kill them. Now, he can also make plays. But you've got to cut that out. And at this stage, that's the biggest issue. If you're throwing 30 interceptions at this stage of your career, with the amount of time that you've had to correct and learn, it's really hard to think that you're going to get much better. And I hope that he does. He'll get an opportunity if it's not with Tampa somewhere else. But don't confuse the fact that because it's not all his fault with the fact that you've got to evaluate the player. Okay, When you're making a decision, you're evaluating the player and where you want to go forward with a player or not. That's what matters. And it's not about, well, we're going to, because we're not going to sign him, it means we're saying it's all his fault and everything's, no, no, no. I think that's where maybe some of your fan buddies are thinking that. That has nothing, one has nothing to do with the other. I mean, you might think it does, and to some degree, how well the quarterback play affects the team and how the team plays affects the quarterback, no doubt. But the issue is not the 30 picks. The issue is why are there so many picks? Because I'm going to tell you, if you break down tape, there are a lot more than 30 interceptions, my friend. I mean, there could have been 50 easily. I mean, there's easily 20 more picks that just, you know, were dropped or missed uh, 
It's decisions. It's the inability on the fundamental rudimentary decision-making that he's just not getting for whatever reason. And I can't figure it out because he's not a dumb kid. I just think that he is engulfed with the idea that he can make something out of nothing, and he hasn't become a smart quarterback in that sense. He may not be a dumb kid, but he's not a smart quarterback. He's got to learn how to protect the football better. And a lot of it is, to me, he is a lower-platform quarterback. When he gets his footwork sound, I mean, he can throw it and he can throw it accurately. But there are times where the read is there and the throw's just bad because the footwork's not as good. It doesn't set. And so I think he's a little bit overrated physically because he can't throw it off of off platforms as well as some others can. And in a muddied pocket, that leads to some off-target throws that – not all of the interceptions are bad reads. Some of them are okay reads and bad throws. Some of them are just bad decisions. You know, a lot of what they give them sometimes is some options at the line of scrimmage. And so frequently, he's taking the wrong option and missing the open guy and missing the wrong read. And, you know, he has an option for an, another play. And, he has a poor snap read on one play and a poor post-snap read on the next play. And that just at this stage, you get a little bit frustrated because you can understand it to some degree with a young guy. But with an older guy now that's not gotten any better, you got a problem. you got a real problem. And you have no chance of winning turning the football over. And that that mostly is on him. The mistakes are mostly on his decision-making. The record of the team and all the other stuff around it contribute to it. It make it worse, no doubt about it. But so anyway, hopefully that answers. Hey, we appreciate you joining us, folks. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of the Pro Football Shows. We break down all things NFL, and uh, we're certainly gonna gonna continue to dive into free agency. Check out our free agent boards and our free agent scouting reports. You don't want to miss that over at LandryFootball.com. So check that out. Check out the folks at big uh, that uh, 401k generation who bring you this podcast. They are licensed in all 50 states, can handle all your financial investment needs. Call or text them at 1-866-998-5879. Let us help you brand your business Go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, we'll tell you how. And then sign up for this podcast and the college podcast each and every day at Landry Football's conference call. Um, That's where you can find this podcast as well as the college podcast, all at Landry Football conference call. Check out LandryFootball.com. Again, all the film room breakdowns, the free agent boards, the draft boards, we've got it all covered for you there. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you again next time. I'm Chris Landry.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.